Mike, turn your games down. Hi, we're going to EMT comic episode, Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hilberton, and who's attacking a toy from the 80s with me tonight? Flyborg Red Fox. <laughs> That's all I could think of. So, as we've been bringing to you for, God, for a good chunk of this year so far, <laughs> we are bringing you another TMT comic arc. This time we're looking at Attack on Technodrome, which is issues 41 through 44. It came out in 2014. Damn. The first issue. Yeah. I so I've been... to be a little further down the line. <laughs> I've been excited for this for a for a long time because you you sent me the timeline a long time ago back when we did the first the first arc God like two years ago and <laughs> before we knew what we were getting ourselves into and I've been and I scrolled through like okay this stuff there's some pretty cool stuff in here and this caught my attention because it's called Attack on Technodrome so of course I was you know interested. It sounds cool. I, I guess as we as we go through this one, I, what I've wanted to see a little bit more of is maybe more of the interior of the Technodrome, maybe stuff go down a little bit more inside of Technodrome. But it doesn't Same. matter regardless, you know, it, it still holds up. So we'll, we'll see as we go. Yeah, I was expecting there to be more. Like, I was kind of, when I saw it's only four issues, I'm like, four issues to deal with what they got coming up? Like, that seems a little odd. You would think it'd be like damn near a seven parter, right? But for the like this <clears throat> this series doesn't seem to do a lot of them. They they like their four issue arcs. Once in a while you get five issues, but like scrolling through, most of them are four. Yeah, I guess they're not wrong. And they, they tend to as you've seen thus far, like four is doing them a good a, a, a good favor. Like they're yeah. doing everything very well in that amount of space. And they're not following the normal like Marvel DC thing at this time with six issue story arcs. Because six okay. issues was enough to fit a trade and then throw it out and sell it again. <laughs> so Turtles did a little differently where they did like four. I think they combined. They put they would put other stuff in the trade. There's always so much extra stuff they make. Something like that they did. I don't really know because I don't have the trades. But I do something to do with that. <laughs> so this is a different style. But no, I've been I've been really excited for the arc. The first the cover of the first issue got me excited where you have the technodrome in the background. You have the four turtles on the cover, and I was excited. Yeah, it looks this. menacing. It, it's like some Eye of Sauron yeah. stuff going on. It looks menacing. It makes a Technodrone for, like, actually a, like, real weapon in a way. Because I, I was at a toy swap over the week, over the last week, and, and someone had the toy Technodrone there. They were that selling it. Complete. One? Wow. Yeah, the original. I, I had the original as a kid, but I, I can guarantee you it ain't complete. <laughs> Same. I ended up getting mine from a damn flea market. Back when I was a kid, that was the closest I ever had to like the real deal Technodrome back in those days. I think it was so cool. But like, I was just looking at him like, this looks stupid because it's a toy. I mean, and it's from a dumb cartoon. And I was reading the comic at the same time, you know, like around the same week. And I'm like, damn, did they take something that is goofy and made it like menacing and cool in the same time? Well, I mean, when you think about it, like Krang himself, like that whole the whole cartoon, anything that originated in that. Well, not that necessarily like Utrams originated in the comics, I guess. But Krang, the character, originated in the cartoon, Technodrome as well. Like, okay, let's take everything goofy as shit and just make it palatable for these adult readers that are gonna read this art, this series. Yeah. I mean, they get rid of the like they have the giant eye at the top, but it looks more menacing. It looks more like a machine, not just a giant eyeball. <laughs> it almost looks like AI, and it's not because it all it does is it's there to terraform and do what its its user commands yeah. it to do. But I don't think it, it moves like either. This AI. one doesn't. I don't think this one moves. No, this. I mean, as you can see, it's not really an eye so much as the the original cartoon was like a, not an actual eye. Fucking camera. It was, it was it was meant to resemble an actual eye. This they tried to to be a little more clever with it, more subtle and clever. But it looks so cool. Like it actually like it just. It fit like I was like, okay, you took the you took the thing and you made it work because like you see within the first couple pages, it's a giant like laser cannon that starts to terraform the planet. Right. I wish I also was uh, reflected the the color scheme because as you as you see later on, it's it's more of the reddish color that they're exhibiting when they're they're using the machine, but it's, yeah, uh, it still looks looks great. It looks way better than the toy I just posted a picture of in the chat. So. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't seen a complete like toy technodrome probably ever <laughs> unless it was on a box or something i didn't either i was surprised when i walked i'm like wow someone's telling that like damn i was like that is cool and i kept walking i don't want it but it was damn cool how much was it i didn't even look mm -hmm. i was like i don't care about this i was also looking for a bathroom so there was that too 
but I did not care. <laughs> I wasn't buying it, but it was just cool to me. Like, okay, like, you know, to see it there. And just everything with is like you see how it's parked in the in the city on Bernal Island where people are essentially, you know, are ruled by Krang. And it doesn't it goes a little bit in this, but I was thinking about it even more like this whole island is inhabited by people and he's going to murder. He pretty much is just murdering all of them, he, all his loyal subjects, everybody. Their lives are being thrown away. They are being used. That just again. Even though that's not something that's at the forefront of this entire arc at all, but if you really think about it, that's how horrible of a being that Krang is. Yeah, he doesn't care. All he cares about is making the Utrams have a planet again. He doesn't care. Anybody and anything is is expendable on the way up. He's willing to step on any life form possible to achieve his ultimate goal. They really do a good job of making him just terrible in this comic. Now, this stuff here, this is the stuff like good movie making. This entire arc, you can have a, a very interesting movie around. This is the type of stuff they should have been doing. Wasn't Krang in the second Michael Bay movie? And it wasn't anything like this, my friend. <laughs> I don't remember it. I vaguely remember Bebop yeah, and Rocksteady in that movie. Yep, Krang was there. Bebop, Rocksteady, uh, Baxter was there. God, I have no recollection of any of them. Well, one day we will revisit again and oh, hate cool. it all over again <laughs> like even when i just googled it nothing i can't find anything the second turtle movie well i just googled crane michael bay nothing i was thinking it would come up but nothing came up oh wow it's like shadows of something is the second one yeah shadows of i don't even remember the name shadows of garbage <laughs> <laughs> uh, i just i remember the movie didn't do well Nah, that's why they didn't continue afterward now we're getting a reboot again. Yeah, with someone that probably hopefully understands turtles on like this, because this guy did not understand. I turtles. hope so. Yeah, I'm actually kind of. I mean, it, it's animated, and if we look at the history, like the 2007 was actually pretty amazing for being animated. We got to get into that eventually, but uh, I mean, Turtles sure. Forever, amazing, whatever. I'm expecting good things from this one, so we'll see. But the cast is is actually probably the most interesting part to me. Like. One of the coolest casting decisions they made on this new one, and I was actually a little excited for it, is because in in a live action, I want to see the guy, Gus Spring from Breaking Bad, as Baxter Stockman. I want to see, like, anytime I, I read Baxter in the comics, I imagine that guy's voice. And it's so fair. fitting. And, that, and now they're actually using him as the voice actor. It's a hell of a good actor, those two. So if somebody had the same idea I did, and like, let's fucking get this guy. It makes sense. And somebody had the, had the money and the movie rights, huh? Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but you get to see Stockman, like, right away in this. You see the Fugitoy because they're working, you know, Krang is. And how close Krang is. Like, in the first few pages, you see them test out the Technodrone. And they take part of the island and they turn it, you know, into his into his planet. Like, mm-hmm. he, he almost succeeded. You know, and I think that was also impressive how close he gets. And just how evil fucking Krang is. <laughs> Right, and and look what it it takes to to fight him off. I mean, you got to have this what some would consider an unholy alliance here, and with <laughs> like everybody involved, are if you say it's using a the next deadly person. alliance. Yeah, Quan Chi is exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Quan Chi would be sh- well. Which one would be Chinook? Krang would be Chinook. Quan Chi would be Shredder. In this case, yeah. <laughs> Neither one is a sorcerer, but. Chinook was more of a god, or was a god, or something. Something yeah, stupid. In this case, Krang is not far off. No. But no, you are right. I mean, essentially, because they have to, you know, like, the whole idea that what, you know, you get to see kind of what Donatello was up at the earlier, where he, you know, that last panel of the of the previous arc, before the Ghostbusters, <laughs> where, you know, he approaches Shredder with Metalhead, and you see Metalhead here, you know, talking with Shredder. Again, telling him the plan, telling him things are almost ready, and, you know, and, and of course, Shredder doesn't trust him. Which I think is also cool. I mean, if it's Shredder, he's like, yeah, I don't trust him. <laughs> and he shouldn't. I mean, can you imagine the opposite? Shredder's coming over here like, hey, buddies, let's like uh, take this guy down. They're going to be like, yeah, right. Okay. They're not having it. No. They do look really cool. I really like the design of his of his guards with the red yeah. mask and everything. I just, I don't know. It's really cool. That's a good look. Very uh, Elden Ring-esque to me. <laughs> okay. I really thought for sure he was gonna tr- that he was going to track metalhead when he left but i'm assuming down tell us be safe about it like yeah you ain't tracking me because i just seems like a shredder thing to do right shredder definitely given the opportunity would yeah and i think there's like a okay this is when they also they go and they test out the 
they don't test out the transporter, but they're doing like they're just doing some training together with the with the mute animals. And I think I mean this is a cool little scene, just seeing them, you know, go with like a tr- like a danger room course to get ready for what's coming. Right, and they don't warn you ahead of time. Like they just look like they're going in a battle or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's, it makes sense. Where Hobbs like, <laughs> let's see how they fare with you know not rubber bullets and you know not dull down arrows next time <laughs> when they get to the real thing. Hob was okay in this. He didn't irritate me as much as he did in the last time we read about Hob. So he didn't have a very big role in this arc. I mean, no. other than what he does later on, uh, there's he doesn't do much. No, I think they were kind of saving him because the next the mini arc that we'll be reading is all about him and the Mutanimals. So I'm assuming that was yeah. kind of why they they don't do as much with him in this in this issue in these four yeah, issues. Yeah, if they did, it'd, it'd be a bit overkill. So they did the right thing. Yeah, because. This one is more focused on the turtles and what the, and the whole and crane. Again, I'm still surprised only four issues. So do you see the uh, arrows and slashes back? I did not. Oh, I do I don't now. Know how, I don't know how dull those arrows are. If they're uh, apparently not that dull. Yeah. Somebody would have got really <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> but it's just cool to see that. I mean, this is one of the few times you see them working together because mm-hmm. you don't see it the rest of this because of what happens. And, Mondo Gecko skateboard apparently is a, like a shotgun attached to the bottom of it or something, as we saw last time, too. Yep. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> so cool, though. I, I enjoyed... I wanted more. I wanted to see them work together. Then you have a small little scene with April and Casey together, which was nice. And this is all you get. Yeah. I think that's all you needed, though, because they're kind of, unfortunately, taking a back seat to things. And they should. This this isn't about them. And The only thing that, that is about them in this, realistically is they need to be saved before this whole race is this whole world is demolished. Yeah. That's it. And they're not even aware of what's happening from the sound of it. Cause the turtles did not cue them in what's going on. I think I, I, obviously I think they know of the threat that's going on, but as far as like what they're doing about it and how dire it is, how close they were to dying, they might not ever know. They were fucking close. They were close. <laughs> I mean, this has got to be the first time in the series too. We have like a, a world ending event happening too. Usually it's just it is. Actually, someone trying yeah. to kill you. Yeah, this is the first time that they've had a, a uh, Armageddon, so to speak, uh, come, especially come even that close. Yeah. You know? And there's a couple really good moments with this. Like with April, she mentions about that the doctor from Secret History of the Foot, how they're going to go out, how she's going to go after him to get him to talk. And, you know, a little scene, but it's a it's a nice throwback because it's been a while since we've heard about, you know, heard about that wonderful, wonderful art. Yeah. And this is the first time in a while you get to see Casey put the mask back on. You know, and he's, he was, and and yeah, you see, he's patrolling. I think that's all you. I don't. Yeah, I don't need to get him again. Yeah, don't know. And when it goes you know back, what they should have done. I feel like they should have like showed people more so living their everyday lives. Maybe like especially characters that we know, just kind of reminding everybody of, of what's at stake if that Tigerdrome does fire off completely. The little pink blob gets his way. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think that would have had a lot of weight behind it. I mean, yeah, you get to see the soldiers and the foot, uh, the foot soldiers and the regular soldiers, the burnout soldiers, and what happens with them. You get to see the consequences of that, but everybody in the, in regards to that isn't really innocent. You know, what we needed to see was the innocent lives that were going to be sacrificed, like the ones so on the island. A lot of way. Yeah, because you know, not the whole island. It's just soldiers. You got to have you know maids and doctors and other people that are just there that you know are working there. And live there. Yeah, and, and you never see that. All you see no. are the soldiers. Because yeah. it doesn't, I mean, I feel like Bruno Island also is a reference to Cuba, in a way. Feels like it. It, it really does, like, you know, talking about what Castro did, and kind of, that's what, how I take it. <laughs> and how they didn't really care, because there's a comment, like, oh, it happened in the 60s, and nobody really, nobody cared, because they didn't have anything important. I'm like, well, that sounds kind of like Cuba, in a way, too. So, <laughs> so uh, that's how I took it. But, no, it's just, and then, when... When you have Donnie testing out the the teleporters, a small comment about what happened with the like, oh, don't forget what happened last time with the with those ghost guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. There's a little like, least reference to that art because it still upset me. The turtles and time arc. There's no reference to that. Nothing. Yeah. And, and it's anytime they have a side arc, they I want to say they always mention it for some weird reason. They didn't mention the time one. I don't understand. I mean, just have something just so we know. Okay, that happened. That you know something. It just bothered me. I mean, annual. I understand an annual doesn't have to have a reference because annuals are a different creature usually when they have them for books. So, but mm-hmm. like these mini series are so integral. I mean, Turtle Time maybe wasn't as much, but 
in general, these minis are so integral to this to this storyline. Like I'm assuming Ghostbusters, all the stuff with Chi Yu is going to play a big ass part eventually throughout the series. What the subject matter as far as like what role that Chi Yu's family plays is very big. So I mean, and again later on in the series, they do. They want to say they mention Chi Yu, so it's like yeah, they they could have. It, it would have been bad if they left that out. I guess it, it deserves a read. It was good. You know, so it's kind of just weird to me how they how they do that. So it just made me happy that was referenced because, I mean, for some people, like for me, if I didn't know about this timeline, I was just reading the books. I would just be reading the main books in order. And it's something like this that would get my attention to go, OK, maybe I should look up and see what this is. Right. And without that, I never would have read your miniseries. I mean, yes, the person in the comic book store, a lot of times the way it works is, OK, they're subscribed to pick up all the Turtles books. Well, miniseries, and they're gonna, you're going to throw that in their box, too. So they're going to get that, too, in their pull box. But. I don't go to a comic book store to read my books. I go elsewhere, so <laughs> I don't read them. I wouldn't be reading them otherwise. So it's just cool to have that. But I, I do like that there's a reference to it. I, I like that the fact that the teleporter works and then he's, you know, and he's kind of, well, you know, Harold's aware of what he's up to. You know, he makes comments. You gotta let, I got to let the other guys know, you know, all systems are going. And I do like the small scene with Shredder in his in his hideout with the with his lieutenants, essentially. Koya... Bludgeon, fucking Hun, Bebop, Rocksteady. It, it's a cool little scene. And then Karai right next to his side. It's the uh, first time you see them all together in uh, yeah. uh, quite some time. I mean, you'd never see them all together because Bludgeon you just get for that one random issue. Yeah. I and then you don't, the we haven't had Bludgeon back. We haven't done a lot with Shredder and them as much. I don't feel like in the last couple arcs. You really don't see Hun with them, the rest of them at all. Hun's usually on his own thing with the Purple Dragons. Yeah, I think it's also trying to show that the Purple Dragons are more entwined at this point, too, is how I took it, is that they were kind of their own. I mean, they were they worked on the Shredder, but now I feel like they're just he's just hunting just part of the foot completely yeah. at this point. That's how I kind of take it, too. But I do well, like I mean, I, I guess. Yes. I mean, Hun is part of the foot at this point, but he still runs his own crew. The Purple Dragons are separate. Like, it's not like Shredder's telling the Purple Dragons, all right, this is what you guys are going to do. They are solely run by Hun. And if, if uh, Shredder has any plans for them to get the job done, it just goes through him, goes through Hun. Yeah, but they still work completely for Shredder. But yeah, I get they're it. like sub, they're like subcontractors. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fair. It's just cool little scenes, and it's like him talking to Karai, and you know, I think he makes comments like, "Who is truly manipulating who?" I mean, right. he technically like, because he, you know, he, you hear he has a backup plan. He's like, "Yeah, I got a special mission for Bebop and Rocksteady." That's that's the type of mind Shredder has. That's why he is who he is and why he does what he does. He also didn't trust them. He, I mean, I still think he should have brought them with him because they would have been a very good force against Krang. But he is kind of expecting that they're, that Krang will be caught off guard. I don't think he expected what the Turtles were up to because <laughs> Donatello was going to fuck him over mm-hmm. had it not been for Stockman. So. No, and this whole thing where Fugitoy and Stockman are trying to become like trying to partner up to save the human race and Stockman is just always a shithead. So, <laughs> he's such an asshole in this. And it's like, I, I had forgotten. We haven't had a Stockman arc in a while. It's been a little bit since we read about Stockman. I don't think it hasn't been since the Utron Empire <laughs> stuff. He hasn't really been that active. I mean, you just kind of see him fumbling around the Technodrome for a while, but he hasn't really been doing much. I mean, they hinted at him before as far as like he's got a plan and he's trying to outsmart Krang and he's trying to preserve his own survival that's priority number one so we get to see where all that time has been spent pretty much in this arc yeah and it's just nice to have him back again because it, it i felt like it'd been a little bit god is he a is he a seedy asshole in this <laughs> and then that scene where krang is crawling around on the planet that you know he can you know new ultramon where he can breathe and stuff that's pretty eerie yeah. I mean, disgusting. The green slime from him as he just slithering along. Yeah, like very weird but fitting scene. Yeah, I like how he references his father though. You know, he's like, "Father, if only you were alive to see this. What your son has accomplished, where you sought to destroy, I have created. What you recklessly tore down, I have lifted up." I mean, you 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 technically are destroying something too, sir. But you know, so <laughs> you he's remotely controlling his goddamn bodysuit. Yep, but like that's picking him up. How? <laughs> Uh, telepathic <laughs> you're, not supposed to, you're not supposed to question that yeah I guess but god that we'll that enough. last page where the technodrome in the background shooting the laser up in the air and him just all excited and saying we go live tomorrow like it's fucked up <laughs> it is <laughs> one day away frightening scene yeah 
I was impressed because I wasn't expecting this to hit like that. I'm like, all right, that that's impressive, guys. Like, you did something impressive here. And I, I read all these issues like really fast. After the night that I read the first issue, I had to read the next issue. I was like, I gotta keep reading. <laughs> well, I couldn't help it. There was, I mean, this this got me. I also want to. I kind of knew, like, uh, once, especially after I read the first one, I was like, all right, yeah, I remember now where this is going, and it's that one arc that I've been telling you about for a while. It's the start of it, and uh, we'll we'll get into it when it happens. Okay. I have some questions, too. And then issue 42, I like this cover, too. It's just a Foot Clan cover, essentially, where you have all the foot on the cover. Bebop, Rocksteady. It's absolutely hideous, but effective cover. I like it. Yeah. And there's, oh God, what the fuck is her name? Wolf Kitsune in the background. She's not really even in this, I don't think, but it's still uh, a cool cover. Yeah, I don't think so much in here. Because this, this issue opens up with them getting ready with with Hob and the Mutanimals, and this is where they kind of betray them, because everybody's loading up the truck. You even have Pete the Pigeon just on the truck, helping them load up. And then they're like, Splinter's like, yeah, we got it. The turtle's got to go. <laughs> and he really should have just told them what they were up to, at least somewhat. Like, they have their own mission to do to pretty much save your fucking planet, you asshole cat. You know, not just be like, they got to go. Bye. Like, something. He didn't show any trust to Hob. I get it, but he should have. So the thing with Splinter is this is one example. He's done it before already in the series, but this is one example of him making not always the best choices. But that's it kind of humanizes him in a bit. You know, it's, that's what we all go through. Some we have a choice. Well, yeah, I mean, to make he was sometimes he was a human who watched his father practice martial arts, right? Sorry, wrong canon. A little bit, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's it humanizes him a bit to where he doesn't know, even though he's wise and technically an older guy, he sometimes makes the wrong goddamn choices. And you see it here and you'll see it a lot more down the line to where you, you start to question some things. Well, he's a flawed character in this. And he should be. I mean, he, you know, I guess it's kind of cool. I mean, this did it before Last Jedi did it, essentially, where you have a character that is seen as his mentor, as this great, smart person who gives into their emotion, like Luke Skywalker does in the Last Jedi movies and stuff. Like you get, to, you kind of see that with Splinter too. That's my comparison. But I like it. I, 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 I just think they should have told Hob, but like you know, Hob is pissed, which is all he all should be. He wasn't, you know, he's like we're part of a team, and here you guys are just like kind of fucking me over. Yeah, last minute too. It's not. Yeah. Like, hey, man, he could have gave me a heads up or just consulted me, you know. But like, I don't I think never... he's even aware that Shredder's not there. That they. You know, they heard his Shredder off somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And he just knows they're going in to attack Shredder. He doesn't know Shredder's not even there. So I thought that was interesting. And then just like the stuff with seeing Crane getting ready to activate the Technodrone and how Future Toid, you know, had this whole plan set up. And he's ready to just fucking, Crane's just ready to murder him. Just kill the robot. Because he, you know, yeah, tells him, oh yeah, Shredder's attacking it. today. <laughs> He's ready to annihilate his ass. <laughs> the drill just pops out of his like, of his arm. Like, what you say? And let it say. <laughs> Fucking Krang is vicious. I feel like we're not going to get a lot of Krang after this for a while, though. You won't. I mean, and I'll be obviously flat out transparent about it. You're not. It'll it'll catch up eventually. But we do get a, a needed break from him at least for a decent while. Yeah, because we don't. There's an arc called Dimension X and Trial of Krang, and there's nothing until then that has that looks like it's Krang related. Yeah, so that's in the seventies. Now, right after this, we get to focus on Shredder and the pinnacle of the uh, series that I've read. So, (laughs) Crane doesn't have a place in that. I'm glad. I'm glad they they got this out the way first. And this is it's very serious. It's actually rather good arc. So to get this out the way and just get better from there is a testament to how serious they took the writing. Well, also to build up other villains too, to build up Shredder. And build up someone else that is going to play a big part, I assume, <clears throat> based on the way this arc ended. We'll get there. but Yeah. And and we'll see, too. And you enjoy everything you can about Shredder now. I think later on, at least with the parts that I'm reading, it depends. I'll, I'll get your opinion as we go down the line. To me, I, I feel Shredder is not handled as well, at, way down the storyline. Okay, like but the hundreds where you I'm are? At, it's, yeah. At that point, he's starting to become more of the forefront. And I gotta, I, I'm trying to look at him in the way that they want to present him. So it's, we'll see when we get there, but yeah. I'm surprised he's still around that late. I figured they would have went a different direction by then, but I guess like you can't get rid of your main villains. Some way, shape or form. I mean, Krang as well. I mean, he's still hanging on and you got to think like 
biggest villains in this entire series other than i guess the the pantheon with the the, the demigods and all that stuff yeah no, like for historical wise like in franchise yeah. like these are their big characters yeah like i don't i don't think they should you know they they are not only like well-designed characters but they have the potential to just make so many almost infinite like interesting storylines behind them no that's fair and this, like, when Fugitoid does tell him, though, and then turns out that Stockman was aware of the whole plan the entire time because <laughs> of his little... And it's cool, the Flyborgs come in, you know, they come and play again, but this time he has a small version of them, too, that he uses as a spy. And, and the thing, and, and you saw that fly when, what's his name, slaughtered it, Harold slaughtered it. That was Baxter's fly. Oh, I did not catch that. That's what they're getting at. Okay, that's cool. I did not catch that at see, all. When he says a fly on the wall, of course, he's referring to that. Okay, that is cool. Okay, that's a cool. And there's no reference to it. Like, there's no little things as, see, previous book. Like, nothing. That's cool. Okay. Nothing, yeah. I like so, that. I, yeah, I wouldn't have caught that if you wouldn't have said it. But just, anyway. Is this when, uh, this when Stockman tries to, like, bargain? Or is that, no, is that later? Oh, yeah, no, this is when he tries to bargain and says, you know, he wants to be safe. And he's like, okay, you get sanctuary. He's like, but our agreement. He's like... Your 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 incarceration is your sanctuary, fool. <laughs> Praying still forever ruthless. And, and this and this arc, I think you get to see like later on, you see some bullshit from Baxter too. But I think in this arc, you really get to see just how selfish, maniacal, and, and just devious he is, and, and and I guess overall dangerous. Baxter is a real piece of shit. Yeah, and he's like, you haven't had it in a long time. Of really seeing him for what he is, because he's he's been in the background for a while. He's been gone, you know. Even early parts, he's just working with Krang. But this is the first time you really kind of see him taking charge in a way, and not just being Krang's henchman. Mm-hmm. So that was a nice. I mean, more later in this in this arc, but it's starting. And then you have the turtles back at Harold's where they're all going through, and this is when they find out that Donnie's not going with them because he has to stay behind. Yeah. But he doesn't even tell him what he's doing. Like he doesn't tell him, "Yeah, I got to stay behind because Shredder's <laughs> coming." And Harold even brings it up. He's like, why didn't you just say anything? I mean, because he told him part of the story. He told him, yes, you know, we're doing this. Shredder's going to be there. But he left out the part, like, Shredder's coming through this portal, and I'm helping them get through the portal, and they're going to murder me if I if I, if I I screw them over. Well, so, he doesn't know that part yet. No, but he finds out soon. Uh, but that next panel, after they go through the portal, when you just see Metalhead lead them all there, I also didn't understand why they use his lab. They don't go somewhere more, you know, that they're not using, because, like, this place is done once you show him. Like, you can't go back here now that you showed Shredder where it is. Mm. I, what are you, are you suggesting that they move the transporter? Or? Yeah, I guess you probably couldn't, could you? Yeah, I would guess not. Yeah, plus they probably thought Shredder was going to be killed in this fighting Crane, so they weren't worried about repercussions. I'm thinking differently. But yeah, they 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 were. Well, even then, even if Shredder didn't die and like Crane died, somebody's going to kill somebody. They they assume they're either going to annihilate each other or one is going to kill the other, and then they can take advantage of the other one to either kill him or incarcerate them or do whatever the hell they plan on doing. Yeah, that's fair. I think they plan on killing them. I don't I think they think planned so. on having Crane go to trial. <laughs> no, definitely not. Because turtles don't exactly, you know, they're not. I mean, yeah, you kind of seen where uh, Raphael was going with those Psy later on. Oh, yeah, he was trying to murder him. Yeah, he was, he was going to town. Very and that was, less. I did find it interesting that Shredder does, do, that he does leave Bebop and Rhapsody behind. Like, hey, if things don't work out, kill him. Because it fits Shredder, that Shredder would have a ba- have a plan in place for collateral. He's the most, I mean, really, when you get down to it, like, Krang is, is a very big threat in this comic. Up until this point, the worst threat. But Shredder, on the other hand, even more than that, he's top tier. Like, Krang is top tier. This guy is, like, just slightly above that. So it makes all the sense in the world. And it, not to mention, he's already killed these guys before. Yeah. He tried to do it again. Not like he was reincarnated as the same fucker. He just went to sleep for 300 years. Same asshole that too lazy to get up for a few hundred years. <laughs> and you get a little bit of more April where she broke into the office of the doctor and just waiting for him. I did like this because you haven't had and you him get to see how much a while. Yeah. And you get to see how much balls she has. Uh huh. I really like her in this book. Like April's really grown on me in this. You know, she's a really good a bad. Uh, yeah, it's not a bad portrayal of her. Decent writing all around for her. And I do like how the guys like, yeah, I'll work with you because <laughs> get me out of this. Though they're they're crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, stupid. He thought Shredder was going to help him out, and Shredder's like, no, either you work for me or I murder you. Your choice. And if you don't, I don't like what you say. I murder you anyway. Yeah, you think this guy would be shitting his his khakis <laughs> dealing with this? Situation. I w- I would be. Like, 
man, fuck this. Like, see, well, yeah. like, I don't want here take the book and do it. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't know why he was stupid to get himself into it. He's like, I want to preserve <laughs> history. I was waiting for. I don't think he says this belongs in a museum. But you know, <laughs> but no, it, it's some. It was just, it was cool that they you know they find a way to sprinkle in stuff with April. Not too much, and this is not an April Central story or Casey. This is I'm assuming that's coming up next arc. But like you know, they they kept it there, but off to the side enough. Well, it's great that they didn't forget about them, I and they shouldn't. Because I can you imagine if we went through these four issues and we didn't see them once, or we only saw them once? Like I'd be a little bummed. I do like them a lot. Yeah, you could you could give us a little something, you know. And then you get the splinter of the mutanimals, where he tells them, "Yeah, the turtles got to do their own thing," and the plan just changed, and it kind of shows when. Leo and them confronted Splinter and said, hey, you know, Donnie's working on this. We I think he tells me that they're working with they're having leading Shredder to a trap, essentially, or trying to. I think they tell him. But they also say, like, you know, Splinter, you're still focused on Shredder. So we didn't want to get it, it, it showed it really reflected Leo's leadership skills in this uh, instance. I mean, for him to pres- like express what the other turtles are feeling to their father to where they can all come together on a common goal and make something work. Like, and, and Leo had to take the initiative behind Shredder's back, or not Shredder, but Splinter's back, and, and make all this happen. That, that shows just how much he deserves that leader spot, and I, I'm glad they yeah, spotlighted that in this. That's a big deal. He goes behind his father. And so. who has more respect for their dad than him. Yeah, nobody. He had to make a tough call. That's what leaders have to do sometimes. Yeah, it was it was really cool to see. I, I like all this stuff with that, and I like how they have like a little like throwback of what's going like the different panels where they're kind of like showing stuff that happened and stuff that's currently happening, where it shows the reference to that issue thirty six where when they meet the Rat King, you know, and he's like, oh, I had that idea back when you know, and they have the Rat King there. They can't see him obviously, but he you know he's there. I I like all that. I I think it's amazing. I, I think this is actually one of the better issues in the arc too, just because they do a lot of this like tying together. Odds and ends, and even fugitoid when it comes to their communication on the technodrome. Yeah, and then showing the foot, you know, landing and everybody getting out, you know, out of the teleporter and arriving there. And I do like how Shredder's like, "I'm my command, we will." And then someone just gets murdered, one of his foot. <laughs> yep. Oh, <laughs> right in the face too. Uh, oh yeah, it's right in the face. He's he's dead. Oh, that guy's gone. And then the crane's like, "Welcome to Bernal Island." <laughs> yeah. It's really cool just to see them. You know, both the armies fighting each other. And one thing that really kind of hit me is that Krang's army is more technology and they all have guns where the foot is all, you know, knives, swords, spears, different hand hand weapons. But also, how good is a machine blaster weapon going to be when you're that close? Yeah. You know, like your cannons, your 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 guns are all I mean, are only going to be so good when the enemy is right in your fucking face, especially as, as skilled as the foot are going to be. Yeah. But you do get to see a couple cool panels of everyone just getting fucking murdered. <laughs> like, yeah. they are just killing them. Yeah, you get to see a little blood in here, too. I mean, they're they're going at it. And there's not a lot of stone soldiers, either. You see a few, and then you see Granitor and Trey, <laughs> which were in earlier arcs. Like, there's not a lot of them. Like, he has some, but he doesn't have, like, a huge army of them. Right. Because he probably would have won if he did, so. <laughs> probably, because I, I don't think those axes are going to do much. No, I think you probably need something more explosive <laughs> to like shove in their mouth or something. You know, they ain't going right. to go down that easy. Or just throw them in the water. If you can get them in the water, you probably beat them. But, you know, other than that, I don't think they're going to go down easy. And then you, you do have a cool a cool drawing here in the last page where Krang and Shredder face off each other with Shredder having Bludgeon and Koya next to him. It feels epic. Again, if this was in a, in a movie, I'd be all for it. I'm telling you, this arc, we're missing out on some money with this one. Yeah, it would have been be a cool movie. This would have worked 100%. You know, you don't even need a whole bunch of... You could you could do, like, an uh, origin, then do this, and it all would work. So mm-hmm. you wouldn't need a whole lot of lead-up. But And that brings us to issue 43. This is a cool cover, with the turtles fighting a bunch of, like, fly enemies. Fly bots all over them. Yeah. yeah, I liked it. I Again, it made me happy that they went back to those roots of the 87 cartoon with that. It's cool. Right, and you get you the sea mousers in this one, too. <laughs> that was cool. I did not expect that to happen. So... Just this, and the way this issue starts off too, where you have them, you know, it shows the turtles are watching the fight happening between Krang and Shredder, and they're off some, you know, they're off waiting for the fugitive that doesn't show up for some reason. <laughs> but like watching Shredder fight Krang is really cool in this because he's not doing that good. Like he can't, he, you know, he he tries to hit him with a sword, and Krang just cuts his sword in half. And he looks like what the hell? <laughs> yeah, you got to think like this is like Ninja Gaiden versus like. 
a, a Xeno gear. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's going to be hard as hell to get through that, you know. But you think Shredder, who's fought Krang before, would have more of a plan on how to take him down. So what did he do? Yeah, you're right, I guess. But he, Shredder actually showed up here thinking he had the ambush advantage. Yeah. That was, that's, that's out the window. So now, <laughs> oh, that's out the window, all right. On, on even terms where Shredder thought he had the advantage. He had the advantage the first time back in Fuel Japan because he knew he was coming out or to ambush him. He planned to do the same goddamn thing this time, Krang knew. Yeah, all like that one in Charles time. You do have a habit of stabbing people in the back, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> just a yeah. shitty person. And he tried again. <laughs> I think he also counted on Bludgeon and Koya a lot, is what he was also doing. And they're busy fighting everyone. They're busy fighting for him. Our resident street shark. Oh, man, he is a fucking beast in this. Like, there's one panel, you see him. He's got one guy, one guy's head in each arm, which, you know, they're dead. And he got another guy wrapped up with his tail. Like, they're all fucking dead. Just fucking yes, murdering he's, people. He's just wrecking shop. Yeah, he's a vicious... Even a vicious uh, he, character. He, he like spears one of those uh, rock soldiers. Have you see yeah, that panel? He's fucking everybody up. <laughs> he's just that powerful. Yeah. And you see like where Shredder grabs an axe off some some dead guy's body, and like he almost kills Krang. He hits right with a glass where Krang is. Like <clears throat> he's going for him. He he his aim was spot on, and look at Krang's face like oh shit. And and you got to think that probably weakens that very strong glass for later on when Raphael has a go at it. And this is how he finds out that he was betrayed, too. Because Crane's like, you were betrayed! When he's about to... He's a, Crane's ready to kill him, because he knocks him on the ground. Yep. Which is what causes more problems later, because of what he said. <sighs> then you have Stockman and Future Toy, which are in a prison cell, waiting, essentially, you know, waiting for the Technodrome to work, or the, and then they'll probably be murdered. I like how Stockman starts kind of talking about his plan, what he's been up to. About how he's trying to use malware yeah. to take control, and yeah. stuff like that. I, I did like how Future Toy turns into Chet Allen. He's like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> He's finally putting the pieces together, yeah. Um, what, what sucks is is that Baxter, he's revealing his grand scheme here, and it makes sense how many people, like humans, or his own race, his own species, he's willing to just give up just for power again with that selfishness. And that never ceases with this character. I think, shit, probably him and Shredder are the most self well, shit, well not, no, not even Krang. Krang actually cares about his people, at least, but Back He's just a racist alien. Definitely the most, yeah, uh, definitely the most selfish characters in the entire series. Yeah, because Stockman's like, I mean, they talk about like he's like thousands of people will die. He's like, that's fine. <laughs> he's like, well, I have control of the most powerful weapon. Thousands. Who cares? He's like, it's like thousands versus billions. Uh, I mean, yes, he's not wrong, but yes, it's still like you can stop it, stop it. <laughs> you know, right. Uh, and then when when he when Fugitoid transformed the Chet Allen to get them to open the door, they're like, "What the fuck? How this guy get in there?" And then all of a sudden, Stockman's like, "Oh, I have another backup plan." And he hits a button, and just mousers come out of the vents. Tons of little mousers that look they look a little different. They're a little smaller, I think. They, but it's I cool. Think it depends we, on the continuity. Like in some, they're really tiny, and some they're fatter, bigger. We haven't had mousers since like the first or second art, so it's kind of yeah. cool. To, I mean, it's been yeah. 40 issues, really. I mean, not 40, but like, you know, we're in 40, we're in 44. It's been a long time. Yeah, monsters, that's usually how it works. I mean, even in Mirage, like, they have their big arc when they're introduced, and then after that, they, you know, they're the usual fodder, and if needed. They're pretty damn small in this, though. Yeah, I think they're just, he just made a different kind of them, because, again, he's in a prison cell. I mean, you know, not, not literally right here, like, but he's been in prison, essentially working for, you know, Krang. He's not in a good state. Mm-hmm. And I, I do like the stuff with when it goes back to Shredder's hideout with Hun and Karai, and Hun's just all, peer, all irritated. They're just sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> and then, oh yeah, he, he's about action, and Shredder gave him babysitting duty. Yeah, and then the mutant animals busted. I do like that where Hobbs like knock knock, and he went home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they do a good job here. Like you see, you know, you get to see God, what the fuck is the name of that hermit crab guy? Herman. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> what a stretch, huh? Yeah, Herman the Hermit Crab. Who would have thought? Apparently not me, actually, in that, in that second. But I, I like that. I, you see him taking out a bunch of goons. You see Slash just punching the shit out of people. Gecko hitting, like, getting a combo going there. He's hitting a bunch of guys with the skateboard. I'm like, this is just every, cool. Every one of them are taking down multiple people with one effort. You know, I don't see a certain car- a certain pigeon, though, in this group. huh? Yeah, let's get Pete in here. To they didn't trust what, him. Die. Pete's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> or get them to join or join them. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> uh, 
but it's it's cool to see like you know and you see slash beat the shit out of hun pretty much he's like i remember you you were beating the shit out of your son (laughs) he gives it back to him Mm -hmm. it it, it was good and splinter kind of you know goes after karai and just fights karai and he's like i don't have a beef with you i have a beef with shredder i never use that term but that's the right term for this (laughs) (laughs) i mean it makes sense it does I mean, you know, he's like, you know, and I like how he calls her Oraku Karai. Like, I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And it, it also makes sense that, like, Hob, they get the, they get the, the mutagen and they just leave. Which, you know, it fits him what he's up to. And he feels yeah. betrayed by Splinter. So it's like, he's like, fuck Splinter. We'll just leave him. Let him, let him deal with it. Just leaves him fight Karai. Which is kind of shitty. <laughs> oh, yeah. He could have died. That would have been <laughs> on him. And he would have had to deal with the turtle. He but he's, well, shit, though. well, he's pissed. He's pissed that they didn't keep him in the plan. I mean, I was a little irritated they didn't because he feels like he, you know, he's part of the group for the first time, and I feel like he probably would have been a good ally to have. And I, they kind of with, with Hob, I think if you win him over a hundred percent, like look how loyal he is to his his crew now. Yeah, you don't see any of that contention as long as you reciprocate that loyalty and respect. He gives it back. And, and they would have just told them what they're doing. I'm sure Hob would have understood. Like, if we don't go, well, here's a plan. We're going to lure out Shredder. We're going to go take out this giant machine that's going to destroy the world. Like, right, know. because, yeah, if, if you tell them, like, hey, Shredder's not even going to be there, and we can take, the, you know, the pickings of what's left, he could have understood that. Yeah, because he feels cheated. He's like, fuck you. I got what I want. I got, I stole some mutagen. Fuck you. Yeah. And then when he goes back to the techno drone and you see the turtles kind of sneaking around, they fight a few soldiers. I do like where Michael Michael like, eat Chuck chumps. That made me laugh. That little <laughs> panel. Cool little Chuck. thing. This is also when you see Stockman they, they finally run into Stockman again for the they haven't you know, they haven't seen him in, you know, years, it feels like at this point. Not been years, but been a long time. Uh, it's cool. And you see the flyborg and they gotta fight all the frickin' flyborgs. Those things are cool. They really are cool. And just the stuff with also like with Krang and Shredder, where Krang is just beating the shit out of Shredder. Like you see the panel of his face of blood all over, his eyes are all bruised. He's just beating him down. Yeah, he looks really bad here. And the only reason why he doesn't kill him because he finds out that Stockman escaped, so he changes his, his attention and leaves, you know, and leaves Shredder there for his his men to to kill, which you know doesn't work out very well. But like if Stockman wouldn't have you know triggered the alarm, essentially he would have killed Shredder right then and there. Because he points a gun yeah. at him, he's about to kill him. Look how wobbly Shredder is, too. He's not going anywhere. No. I was kind of surprised that Shredder didn't come more prepared to fight a giant robot. But then again, like again, you said earlier, Shredder keeps backstabbing. Yep. So I, I guess for a guy that has so many backup plans, he failed at having a backup plan in case Krang found out. He didn't think of everything. He was too busy trying to kill Donnie. Because well, he could have really used Bebop and Rossetti right now. Actually, yeah. They could have gave Krang a run for his money. They would have fucking killed Krang. Those fuckers had a building fall on them and were fine. Like, they would have killed Krang. And we got to think, like, you got Bludgeon over here just wrecking shop. Can you imagine two more Bludgeons just wrecking uh-huh. shop here? Like, come on. Uh, nope. He, you know, he, again, he didn't think very well because all he thought about was revenge. He didn't plan on having issues. Which is one of his biggest weaknesses. Yeah. And when Stockman is trying to take over the machine and then Krang's like, yeah, you're malware. Fuck you. He's like, I got a backup plan. Just, you know, reroute. Fuck you, Stockman, essentially. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how quick, how close they get, because he starts the machine. He starts the Technodrome, and then you see, in, in a, <clears throat> okay, not till next issue, but you start seeing the effect of it while the turtles are fighting Flyborgs trying to stop Crane. I'm like, surprised that Baxter doesn't get permanent brain damage after that smack. Yeah. And this is also when Shredder calls back to Bebop Ross that he says, kill the turtle, because he realized he's been betrayed. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, come on now. You're manipulating him. He's manipulating you. Like, what do you think? You idiot. <laughs> so, and the last cover for this arc, issue 44, that's another damn good cover. With Shredder ready to pounce on Krang, essentially. That's great. It's a really good cover. I really wish I was buying these <laughs> back then. Every so often, I was on a Facebook group and somebody was selling a few issues of this, and I'm and they were they had a bunch of variants and stuff. I'm like, oh, that is cool, but I, I can't go down that rabbit hole. Don't do it. No, I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not buying these English issues. I'm not buying the trades. I'm sticking the way I read them. Like I, I can't. The only arc I'm, the only stories I'm buying are Sandman. I'm trying to buy the whole series of Sandman, and I did buy a few trades that are at a, at the toy swap I went to where they had Techno Drone. They had a couple two dollar trades, so I bought a couple trades for two bucks. But they were, that's all. They were two bucks. I'm like, all right, here you go. <laughs> I'll buy some trades. 
they did not have internal troops, right? I would have probably bought them. So, but just like, and this is where, in this issue, you start seeing what's really happening with the Technodrome. Like, you see that it goes off. You see them trying to fight Krang and Fugitoid, or no, not Fugitoid. Stockman, of course, has another backup plan. He's like, fuck this. And he just has the flyboard break open the window and take him out. And he, and he just runs away. And you get to see Krang kind of losing it a little bit at his own triumph. I like how Stockman calls Krang by some trans-dimensional, genocidal, jack-booted imbecile. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and then, like, they have to fight Krang, essentially, to distract him and get him away from the computer so Fugitoid can shut it down or overload it or whatever the hell he does. But, like, them fighting Krang is impressive, too, because Krang's still got it going. Mm-hmm. And this is also when it cuts back and forth to with Donna, Donnie fighting Bebop and Rocksteady and fucking a this like you see shellhead comes out and shellhead tries to or metalhead tries to stop them and like they just fuck up metalhead and then donnie's making a run for it and they throw a tv at him i think it's what it's supposed to be a monitor yeah i think that's like what a, yeah it looks like it looks like a tv a monitor same thing and then bebop hits him in the face with the keyboard a fucking keyboard <laughs> yep it, it's also a movie there's a comic movie that does the same thing where the guy gets hit across the face with a keyboard a wanted yeah i saw that he hits Chris. He hits Chris Pratt. Is who it is at the time. Was that Chris Pratt in there? Yep, it's Chris Pratt. Before he gets famous. Wow. And it says "fuck you" in, in the keys that fly off. Yeah, that movie is stupid. Angelina Jolie and I forget who plays. Morgan Freeman's in there. Yeah, it's there's it's based on a comic. There's also a video game for it. I have the video game for 360 PS3. It's a decent what a game. Waste. It's not a bad game, man. It wasn't. It, it wasn't I'm, a bad I'm game. I'm more surprised they actually played it. Buy I beat it. And never play it. Yeah, I beat it and got Whoa. a bunch of games on it too. Yeah, I've actually been meaning to replay it again because it's actually not a bad game because you can curve bullets in it and stuff. So sounds decent. It, it was a decent third person, especially when you buy it for like five bucks at GameStop. It was a good price for five bucks. Good game for that. But yes, I just <laughs> that's what it reminded me. Of. Whenever I see one hit in the face of the keyboard, immediately that movie comes to mind. Movie never comes to mind otherwise, but it came to mind for that. It's also on YouTube, by the way, in case you cared. For anybody listening to this <laughs> You sure it's wanted freak out scene, you'll find the keyboard scene. Where he smacks him in the face of the keyboard. And because he's fucking his girlfriend, if I remember correctly. So <laughs> <laughs> yep, and you're right, it does a fuck you comes out in blood. No, fuck, and then why <clears throat> you is his tooth. Yeah. Right, enough of that. <laughs> I mean, you see Rocksteady just ripping apart Metalhead, and they just, like, they tackle Donnie. I didn't... So, have you ever read... Oh, God, what the hell is that? A Death of the Family, or Death in the Family? Oh, Batman? Yeah. Or you know the story? I know, I haven't read it all, no. Okay, you don't need to. But the story is that, you know, Joker beat the shit out of Robin with a crowbar. And that's kind of what I got in this. Because there's one, there's one page here, or one panel, I shouldn't shouldn't say page, panel, where you see the hammer coming down, and it really looks like a crowbar. Yeah, I can see them kind of referencing that. And that's, I mean, because that's a, that's a legendary moment in comics when they fucking kill Jason Todd because they voted for it. Everybody, I feel, if you're, if you're a fan deep enough, you should know that. Yeah, like, and, and, and this felt like this is a reference to that. Because, like, right after this, you see people going, oh, no, and then you see the bloody sledgehammer, and they just leave, and you see Donnie's arm just laying there, and that's it, and blood on it, mm-hmm. like... And here they are talking about him because he's getting literally killed. Like, I wish Donnie was here. Yeah, I bet he does, too. Oh, and then, the, then you go back to more fights with the fight with Krang. And Leo is able to block Krang's sword with his two swords and not get him broken like fucking Shredder did. And you are right. Raphael is ready to kill him because Raphael shoves the size in his cyborg face. And then he, later on, he shoves the size into the into the panel where Krang is. Yep. <laughs> and then it. it cuts back to some of the stuff with Splinter, where Splinter's still fighting Karai, and this is, I think, when he says, you know, the thing I was talking about earlier, where it's like, I don't have a, you know, I don't want to kill you, I just get rid of your grandfather, and a nobody and Alopex show up and pretty much rescue him, and then Karai just teleport, uh, smoke bombs out. But she took into consideration what he had to say. Oh, I did not catch that, or think about that. You see how she's stuttering, instead of her... Oh. actually giving him some type of response or rebuttal or answer. Oh, I see. She goes, I, I... And then she gets the fuck out of there. It's a lot easier to deal with in the moment. Okay, that's cool. And then when it goes back to the battlefield and you see what the Technodrone is doing to like to everyone that's fighting where they can't breathe, Shredder's dying, Bludgeon and Koya run away, all the foot and Krang's men are all, you know, can't breathe. Like, it's, it's brutal. Yeah, it's bad. A lot of people die here. Yeah. Do Bludgeon and Koya... 
Bludgeon and Koya survive, don't they? Or do they die here, too? They're they're getting fucked, but they get out of there. Okay, uh, yeah, it shows them. They just leave Shredder. They're like, yeah, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, what are they gonna do? I mean, yeah. Koya, why, why didn't she take him, though? Cause she, she tries. They can't, they can't get to him. Mm-hmm. They think he's dead, I think. That they think he's dead, and they're just... They're, he's too far away, I think, from them. Yeah, and they're just like just gonna leave. I mean, Shredder was gonna die here. This would have been the end of Shredder if it wasn't for fucking Stockman and one of his flyboards just picks up Shredder and drops on a boat. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right here. They say he is no more. We have failed. They really think he's dead. Yeah, and he said, if that megalomaniac alien is stopped, your new partner, and that's who. <laughs> he tells Shredder. <laughs> and then Baxter fucking things up again because Shredder could have been killed right then and there. Yep. So this isn't the, you know, the Baxter that gets, loses an eye and loses a head and loses everything, body parts as oh, it fails. Oh, God. <laughs> Man, that fucking 03 cartoon gets fucking dark with that. First is an eye. I think it's, it, eventually it's a body. Eventually he's just a brain. And eventually they, they destroy the brain, too, and put him in a computer. It gets bad. <laughs> it's really bad in that cartoon. Uh, they fuck up poor Sockman. <laughs> From what I... Seen and heard, yeah. Just watch the recaps, buddy. There's that some YouTuber did the recaps. Anyone listening to just watch those. Don't bother watching that whole cartoon. Just watch the recaps. You'll <laughs> get enough of the cartoon really? to understand it and like it and appreciate it without having to spend hours watching it. Unless you're someone that has plenty of time, then go do it. But chances are you're not because we're adults. <laughs> so, well, most of us. Well, there's only a hundred some people listen to these episodes. <laughs> not a ton. So I'm assuming most are adults. But yeah, so just going back to the I, fight, like the way that they do defeat Krang is that they use the little mouser bots to like electrocute him, <laughs> essentially. One thing, I, one thing I did notice, Krang, while inside the bodysuit, he's using a like some sort of microphone to speak through the suit. Oh, when they got the sign. Oh, face, I see. You notice, you know, it's not the sound isn't really coming out as well. And then once they get they shove it more in there, they get rid of the head and completely look at Krang's response you, you can't hear what he's saying oh yeah just little dots there's no words yep so he was using that thing as some type of microphone that's cool i also like how rap shoves those fucking mousers <laughs> into the glass well it fits what ralph would rafael would do yeah uh, that was a good use i also scrolled in really close to see if you can read them i don't think you you can't so there's, there's nothing there i don't think so you can't I, unfortunately trying to get back to where I, where we were I was playing with zooming, and that wasn't a good idea while you're trying to record. So okay, then they yeah they find out they got to get out of the control room because everything's going to hell. Well, they they shut down the the Technodrome drone by kicking Krang into the power supply. Or... Oh, that's what they were doing. Okay. Yeah, was like kick him into it, it, shut it down, and from that point on, Krang is is done. That's it. Yeah, and he's just screaming no. I like how I like how. Fugitoid, like, you know, I could leave you here because your people will be fine. They can live in this little area of the planet, but you're coming back with me. You know, and he so takes pay them. attention to that. That portion of, of Earth or the world is now completely terraformed. I think it's just the island. It is. And that's, that's okay. what I'm getting at. So pay attention to that. It, it will play roles later on. Okay. And then you see him teleport Krang back to Dimension X, which we haven't seen in since the frickin' the first time we get introduced to Krang a long time ago, it feels like. Yep, neutrinos you haven't heard about in a while other than the, the professor himself, and then we get to finally see them again. Issue 20 was the last time we've seen them. Long time. A long time when you keep reading, when we read all the frickin' side stuff, too, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that was, that was cool. Then the turtles teleport back home. And this is when they find out something's wrong and everyone's crying. And then they, they find Donnie. His shell, his shell is broken, I guess, right? Is what happened to him? Yeah, they, they, in one of the panels, it shows us his broken shell. You can't it's, really see it on the last one. But I think uh, in the earlier one, when they actually break it, uh, you can kind of see it's opened up. So is this the spoiler that you were talking about back then for Vengeance? Or is there something else coming still? This says this has nothing to do with vengeance, by the way. Okay, so there's okay, so there's something else coming because I was because a long time ago you told me there's something happens around issue fifty, and I was just wondering if this was it by any chance. Mm, nope. Okay, that vengeance works. Is is something else, man? When okay. you get there, yeah. Well, you think, this is great. This this is amazing right here. What to do with Donnie? Like it, it shocked the shit out of me. I didn't know what to expect. Even this. Is like a, like a very slight step down from what we get in bed. Okay. I was just like, fucking A. I mean, again, I know Donnie's not dead because, well, I, he's in the fucking current issue. So, you know, 
Right, right. So again, like this, this is, I remember, remember I told you that most turtle, like almost each turtle gets their own arc when it comes yeah. to the series. So pay attention to where we go with Donnie after this. It's very intriguing, very thought provoking. Overall, I feel, feel uh, as, is, is good writing. So pay attention okay. to it all. I'm excited. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. And I fucking can't wait to read Vengeance. And, and, and unfortunately, we got to read a different arc before we can read Vengeance. So. <laughs> Pay attention to this final panel at everybody's reactions. So you got Raphael, you know, like responding with angry, anger and, and sadness together. He, you know, he, he's responding completely with anger down there. Mikey just breaking down. Leo feeling like shit, but trying to hold it together for his family and, and to figure out what's next. Uh, you know, this, I think, accurate representations all around. Yeah, Angel's crying, Alpex is crying, Splinter, Michelangelo's crying, yeah. You, you got Harold taking his headset off, because what else is there to hear and say at that point? He's, it's, yeah. he's living it with him. And then, God, I cannot fucking wait to see where this goes. Pay attention to the broken bow staff, also. Oh, yeah, because they break his staff when he's fighting Bebop and Rossetti, which makes sense. A staff would be useless against two giant fucking so, monsters. There's some cool shit, man, that with, with Donnie after this, that will last until like the well the rest of the series as far as i i know okay that that comes from this oh fuck can't wait and that's the end of this arc attack on technodrome yep. the next arc that we'll talk about unfortunately is mute animals which is a mini series of four <laughs> issues then then we jumped into i just want to fucking revengeance man okay <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad as far as i remember it's not bad no from what I've seen, I'm, I can tell you right now, I'm going to probably read it tonight now that we're caught up. But from what I've seen, it, I looked like the, I looked at like a page or two. It looks like it could be interesting. I looked, I've seen a couple covers, so I'm sure it'll be fine. It's more of just like, like I said, with the, in the Ghostbusters thing, it's just like, I've been so anticipating this, you know, us <clears> to get <throat> there and like anything in my way is like, fuck you, get out of my way. I got, I got stuff to, you know, type of thing. Yeah. You, you got to think it's, it's going to be. A little lighter in some cases it's going to be a little lighter and that's something we need in between this arc and vengeance because vengeance is a real deal not pulling any punches it's gonna fuck you up i can't fucking wait to read it man six you, issues you need, though you, you need something like a buffer like this so they they timed it right well that's why we're taking a break after vengeance from the dmt stuff and going on some other DMT stuff. Be, because when you get to that point and you see just the pinnacle of that story the climax of that story you're going to feel good. You're going to feel satisfied at what you get to see. And, and you'll you'll be content for quite some time. When we deviate to the other shit, it, it's, you're going to feel okay. Okay. It feels right like the end of a movie. It's, it's, it's amazing. I can't wait. And then that brings us to Shelf Stacker Box. And why don't you go first? Yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, I think it's pretty evident. I'd shelf this. I think like, uh, very movie-esque, I think, if, for me to even say that to even begin with is is a testament to just how good not only how good the writing is but how good the action scenes are put together Uh, they just have so much good material here a lot of loose ends that were tied up here um and it it continues or begins better arcs or, or more interesting arcs even afterwards with donnie donnie's situation lasts even after vengeance i mean it's 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 very very interesting. So uh, definitely we shelf it. Okay, I'm also gonna put it on the shelf. I really <laughs> enjoyed this. I didn't know what I was gonna think. I'm like I was pretty sure I was gonna enjoy it, but it blew me away how good it was. I read it very very quickly too. I didn't want to put it down. So super damn good too, book. Now that you say that, like uh, some of these arcs, it does take me a little bit longer to read. I don't want to say it's a chore, but I do have to force myself sometimes. Like I, I need to get these done. This oh no, arc, I got- it was not the case. Like, yeah, right into the first one, I was like, "Yep, no words on." I need to, I need to even read more, even though I've read it before. But uh, it, that's how good it is. Yeah, I read this. I read this twice again. <laughs> I actually read two issues today. When you texted me, like, "Oh, hey, we're gonna record tonight," I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna read more. I'm gonna finish my rereads." I've purposely been being slow at it. But yeah, no, some, I mean, as a guy who records way too many podcasts, I completely understand that sometimes certain things can feel like a chore to get through. And this was not one of them. So not at all. No one's replaying Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, even though I will die on that hill. That's a good game. Oh my, yeah. <sighs> I guess if you're going to you know, choose your battles, at least find which hill you want to die on. Oh, I, I love that game, even though I know it's shit, but I love that game. So for the solid reason, go listen to an episode. That should be out by the time you hear this. Hopefully. <laughs> 
All right, and I think that's, yeah, so you'll see us next time. We're talking about Mutanimals, so stay tuned for that. If you want to see all our other TMT stuff that we've been doing, just go on Podbean and search TMNT. We've done all the comic arcs up to this point. We've done a few movies, a few games, so go dive through all that stuff. Plus, depending on when you hear this has been out already, we might have other stuff out, too, for you, because this we're not going to stop. We're going to do other TMT stuff, so go check out all our content there. You can find everything on Podbean. If you want to support the show, there's a Patreon, a little dollar. You see a poll and you'll see a link for the Patreon poll. We have one every month. The vote on some episodes that come out in the future. Also, we have a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Hasphere. You can follow her on TikTok and give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who starts his own podcast, The Gamer Looks at 40, where kind of in interviews people about how video games affect their lives. Very good show. Definitely check him out. And please, we have Discord. If you want to talk with us, you see a link for the Discord in the show notes. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.